The Taxpayer First Act, which President Trump signed into law earlier this month, included reforms to the IRS whistleblower programs. My next guest thinks they're an improvement. Dean Zerby is a partner at Zerby, Miller & Fingerette and also senior policy analyst at the National Whistleblower Center, and he joins me now with what he thinks is in the law. Mr. Zerby, good to have you on. Great. Thanks so much for having me. And I guess maybe the best way to qualify you is that you worked for a long time for Senator Chuck Grassley, long a whistleblower champion. That's right, right. I worked for the senator off and on for uh, about 20 years, and you're absolutely right. He's kind of the patron saint, if you will, for whistleblowers and has just been in the saddle on helping whistleblowers and, and trying to protect whistleblowers and encourage whistleblowers really forever and a day. And when it comes to the IRS and its whistleblowers, are they in some ways a separate class of whistleblower than than those across the government? Right. So we've got, uh, this is to encourage people to come forward and talk and blow the whistle about um, tax uh, problems that they may see people evading tax. And we've the government's got a host of different whistleblower programs to either to protect whistleblowers or to, to award whistleblowers for coming forward. And Senator Grassley in 2006, there was kind of a, a gap where we weren't really doing much for tax whistleblowers. And so uh, when I was working for him on the Finance Committee, he wanted to, to address that. So we put in this legislation and got it passed into law that rewards whistleblowers. And then most recently, uh, what was kind of missing there was uh, protect two key things. One was protection for whistleblowers in tax from retaliation, and then really improving communication with whistleblowers as well, too, between the IRS and the whistleblower. Now, getting back to the original point of rewarding whistleblowers when they do identify and successfully identify tax evaders, is historically, has most of it been in a corporate setting for those whistleblowers? Um, it, it, it has. I would say that's a strong part of it. Um, the law actually goes all the way back to 1867, but was kind of, you know, mostly people diamond out their ex-spouse or something like that. And then in 2006 with Grassley, we really kind of put it on wheels and uh, you know, basically said, yes, you'll get this amount, 15 to 30 percent of the amount collected. Uh, you shall pay. It really just made it kind of more feet on the ground. And since then, I would say you're right, corporate's a big part of it. Really what's been a huge part of it, and one of my clients, Brad Berkefeld, for instance, got over $100 million as a reward for blowing the whistle on uh, UBS and offshore accounts. Offshore accounts has been a big, big part of it, too. So billionaires and millionaires with offshore accounts, uh, they've been getting a lot of people coming in with information on that. People have been getting awards for that. And then you're right, probably the other part is then uh, the big part is corporations uh, in terms of their tax evasion as well, too. Those are probably, say, the two uh, tent poles in the area. All right. And uh, with respect to retaliation, then, that was seen as a weak spot here. Uh, Does the law and does when you refer to retaliation, do you mean by the employer of the whistleblower? And I guess the question is, how can the government protect them against that? Right. So you've got it exactly right. So this is uh, protection for whistleblowers uh, from their employer. And the big part of it, too, is not only just obviously if they've come and talked to the IRS, but that if they've blown the whistle internally saying, hey, this, is, this, is, this isn't the right way to go, and they get retaliated even for blowing the whistle internally. And that's 
very helpful as well, too. I would say the the program itself, the whistleblower program, is pretty good at protecting whistleblowers' identity, but the reality of, of life is that often the whistleblower has told everybody under the sun, hey, this is wrong and we shouldn't be doing it before they go to the IRS, so uh, the, the company may have a pretty good idea or be already unhappy about what's going going on. But, right, so then the protections the government has really is kind of twofold. One, I think just the, the employer knowing that they may be sued and be subject to penalties and actions is going to be a little bit of a, a bracing impact on the actions of an employer. But if the, if the employee wants to, they have the whistleblower, they have 180 days to basically file with the Department of Labor. Then they can go on to court and they can get damages. And it's uh, basically modeled after the False Claims Act protections for whistleblowers, another law that Grassley uh, passed. Um, and they're pretty robust um, in terms of you know your pay, your compensation, back pay, um, punitives. Um, it's uh, it's it's I think from folks who practice in the employment law area, it's viewed as as pretty robust in terms of uh, the. Uh, the protections given the whistleblower if they do need to pr- pursue it in court. But I think the real hope is obviously that in most cases the employer will just say, hey, you know, we, we need to, to just not walk on that side of the street and um, leave the whistleblower alone. I mean, ideally what you want is obviously um, the uh, companies to listen closer to the whistleblowers and respond to what they're saying and, and, and fly right. But I think the, the protections are, are certainly good to have in place and uh, uh, be most helpful for um, those whistleblowers that do uh, uh, get their head above the parapet. We're speaking with Dean Zerby. He's a partner at the law firm Zerby, Miller & Fingerette, and also senior policy analyst at the National Whistleblower Center. So in addition to those protections that are now enacted into law, you also mentioned that there is something else in the Taxpayer First Act with respect to information and communication with right. whistleblowers. So the program's worked in a lot of ways. It's, it's, for instance, I mean, they gave out over $300 million in awards last year. So it collected a, over a billion, and I think almost a billion and a half dollars from the information for whistleblowers. So it's, it's working, and this is going to improve a good program. But the one, uh, one kind of grind for whistleblowers has been that 80 things can take for years to come through because you've got to wait till all the dollars are collected and away you go. So it can be five, six, seven years before a whistleblower gets an award. In the meantime, the IRS has not been that chatty about where things are. And some of that, I get, you need to be respectful of the taxpayers' information as well, too. But uh, this, the change in the law is allowing the IRS to now communicate with the whistleblower of at least certain benchmarks that have been hit in terms of, yes, the the information you've given us has been provided to the field. Yes, they've opened an audit on this issue. Yes, they've put in what we call a NOPA, Notice of Proposed Adjustment, on this issue, yes, the dollars have been paid. You know, we're waiting for the statute of limitations. Well, kind of these these benchmarks as you go along, so that the whistleblower really has peace of mind. Or, you know, conversely, quite frankly, that that dog isn't going to hunt, and we're not losing the information. Well, that's unhappy. I, I that's useful for the whistleblower as well too to know that hey, I need to just kind of move on and, and not be tossing and turning about this. So, I think just giving the whistleblower some insight is I kind of say opening up the kimono a little bit 
will be good for the program, give whistleblowers kind of more confidence of where things are. Um, and, and the provision also allows for better communication with the whistleblower between the IRS and the whistleblower. So it's such a challenge to provide in a filing everything that the whistleblower knows about an issue and because you can't overwhelm them. And this will allow for more of an ongoing dialogue and discussion with the whistleblower about, well, hey, the taxpayer said this, what, what's your response, or well, what does this document mean that the taxpayer gave you? Give us. And that's really if you said, squeezing out all the value of the whistleblower for the IRS, making their job easier. They're understaffed. Uh, you know, they've got a lot, a lot of things on their plate. The whole point of the whistleblower program was to a kind of highlight problem areas for the IRS to focus on, but b make it easier for the IRS to 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 uh, bring an action and and resolve an action with the taxpayer as well too. So I think it's going to be a, a good change all around. And what happens in gray areas? Suppose someone blows the whistle and the company is not thinking; it doesn't believe it's being nefarious but there's just a difference of opinion over interpretation of the tax code, and that could take sometimes years to play right. out. What about those cases? That's, that's an excellent point, and you do get some of that in the whistleblower area. I would say commonly what I find in my practice representing whistleblowers, it's pretty black and white, i.e., they didn't file a tax return. They're getting paid cash. They have an offshore account that they didn't declare. Uh, you know, often we'll have, if you can believe it, company memos that say, well, this is illegal, but, you know, they're never going to find us. Uh, you know, that it, it is much more stark in terms of what's going on. Um, and then, but, you know, obviously at the end of the day, the taxpayer is protected because the IRS themselves is going to look at it. And obviously the taxpayer can, can fight the issue. But you're right, you do get gray areas. Um, and the normal rights to appeal, the normal rights to go to court, apply for the taxpayer in terms of that. And you're right, and then that can take years because you've got to, the whistleblower is not going to be paid until all the rights of the taxpayer have been exhausted. One thing I would add, though, is that the Treasury Department itself has found in studies that the whistleblower, information from the whistleblower is far more productive and effective and efficient, if you will, for Treasury and the IRS than their other means of determining who to audit. So there's what we call a no change rate in tax, which means I audit the person, there was no change. You know, that, that's good for the taxpayer, obviously, but if you think about it, kind of a little bit of a waste of IRS resources that they went after taxpayer X and nothing happened on it. Um, that no change rate is far lower in cases with whistleblowers. Whistleblower information, um, and again, it's got to be the right whistleblower too, uh, but basically their information when the IRS acts on it has a much higher incidence of of getting monies returned and what have you. So it, it's worked out very well, I think, for the IRS in terms of avoiding those problems of kind of wasted resources. And quite frankly, if you think about it, it's very taxpayer-friendly in that you want the IRS more targeted on taxpayers, bad actors, as opposed to grinding folks who are, are you know, trying to comply honestly with the tax code. Dean Zerby is the partner at Zerby, Miller & Fingeret, and he's also Senior Policy Analyst at the National Whistleblower Center. Thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. 
Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.